Hey, what's going on, folks? Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 76. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. All right, I'm glad to have you here today for episode 76. Uh, today I get a chance to talk with a couple people. Um, it's a longer episode, it's two parts. Uh, the first the first hour or so is going to be a conversation with Jeremy Murray, Vice President over at Beckett Grading Services. Uh, Jeremy's somebody we had on back in January of this year, and uh, so we're 10, 11 months removed from that conversation, and we pick up on some of the topics we talked about then specifically around Beckett's single grade offering and then some of the analytics and things that they're doing on the the back end to kind of improve the processes around turnaround times and just everything that goes into grading cards. And so it's a pretty fascinating conversation. But I will warn you the first twenty minutes are really just us chatting about all of the all of the chatter that's gone on the last three months on the trimming issue. And so Jeremy just talks about it from his perspective, some of the stuff that came up during the industry summit and uh, I just give the floor to him to talk through some things and uh, yeah I'll let you listen to his response and if you have any questions feel free to hit me up or jam me up with uh, with any follow-ups and be happy to follow through and get a response from him but it, overall it's a fascinating conversation around just what's going on in grading right now um, I think we we lose sight of just some of the goodness that does come out of grading I think it's easy to get uh, a little frustrated with certain things but uh, grading, for the for the most part, I think is a really important thing for the hobby, and so I'm glad to hear them thinking through certain things, and uh, the whole idea of getting manufacturers involved and in, you know uh, serial stamping cards and creating an inventory uh, a data warehouse of images. It's really crazy stuff to think about. So I think I'll get a kick out of the conversation. The last 30 minutes of our conversation, or excuse me, the podcast today is with Tyson Banker. Tyson's one of the new writers at Breaker Culture, and uh, he's been doing a great job focusing on the NFL season. And each week he's been putting out weekly reports of you know his top 10 rookies that he's tracking and really his thoughts on their performances and kind of where they're going in the hobby. And so he's done a great job with that. And so I just sit back. It's uh, a 30-minute conversation, just getting to know Tyson a little bit, but also just chatting about the NFL season. He's very knowledgeable when it comes to that and uh, super good asset to have on the team. So I think you're going to like the conversation there. So anyway, enjoy this hour and a half episode and uh, have a great week. Thanks. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm good, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for squeezing me into your Friday schedule. My goodness. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm excited to. Um, it, it, it seems like it's been a while since we talked, so I'm glad that, that you had me back on. I wasn't banned from the podcast. <laughs> You're still one of the most listened to episodes. It was, uh, oh, it was a great goodness. episode. Yeah, and it's, it's growing Very good, very yeah. good. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm curious to know how it's going in Dallas right now. What's the emotion like as a Cowboys fan? Oh my goodness, it is. The sky is falling when whenever there's a loss, especially a dramatic one like the jets last week but when you're destroying miami the super bowl is the is already in the horizon <laughs> the the, uh, the parade is being planned um but yeah it's it's uh it's interesting now it is um 
it's one of those things that if you're a Cowboy fan and they win, then you love listening to the Sports Talk Radio. And if you don't, then uh, it's it, it is it's a sad, sad day. So it'll be interesting on, on Monday morning how it goes with the Sunday night game with yeah, Philly, the right? NFC East rival. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's got to be tough, though, carrying the burden of America's team. Every single day yeah. you get up, do you feel that? Yeah, and I, I think so. And I think the pressure <laughs> with all these guys, I mean, you, you – you have Zeke Elliott hold out and, and for the entire training camp and you give him that massive, ridiculous contract and you start out 3-0 and and then you lose three and, and one of those losses to the Jets, yeah, you're going you're gonna to feel it. And again, Jason Garrett, I have no clue how how he's doing or how he's keeping his job, but he is for the time being, so we'll see. Mm. Well, the good news is you got the Dallas Mavericks starting next week. So if we it goes do. south... We do. My goodness, you excited? A, a, lot, a lot of it, a lot of excitement there. That That's where the buzz is. The, the Dallas Stars have started off very poorly after, again, a, a, they expected to do well, and it's not starting off well there. So, hey, we're going to grasp onto the Mavericks now. We're good. That's, oh, we've got FC Dallas. FC Dallas soccer playoffs start this weekend. So, hey, look at that. Look what we've got going. This, to me, like this period from here until March Madness is the best period of sports. Baseball playoffs, I, I, NBA, everything, college basketball. I love it. We, we, uh, my wife and I talked the other day, is you hit October and you immediately expect the temperatures to fall and it falls into fall and football's on and, and the playoffs are going and NBA start, started. So, man, October's the best month because it is starting to ramp up to some real good times, especially in Texas when it's 100 degrees here for three months in a row mm. and then it's it's cool now. So, You've got sports on, and, and you've got some things like that going on. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time of the year, really good time of the year. For sure. So I'm curious, are you are you a casual Sunday football fan, or are you the type of guy that just kind of sets aside yeah. the afternoon and just chills? Oh, man. My kids do not allow me to chill at all. So <laughs> i got a three, three-year-old and a five-year-old that are constantly moving and going. There's always something going on. Um, but I, I am – constantly have my phone checking fantasy um, college football is, is my favorite thing to watch so i try to get the kids down to bed early or um, sneak away for a little bit at a time and catch some of the games there so uh, I, the, the days of laying on the couch all day and eating pizza and <laughs> drinking beer and and hanging out that's gone, gone. that is truly gone sad um, it's so I, sad I, I love it it is so sad so sad that those those kids have slowed down my uh, football watching abilities. <laughs> How dare them! That's How dare funny. they! How dare they! I uh, just a little bit ago, I had an interview with um, Emily over at Tops. Emily Clash, she's the new communications yeah. manager. She was telling me about all this new, not new, but they have the you know the apps for like Tops Huddle and Tops Bunt and Kick. Yeah. I didn't realize all that stuff like on the fantasy world with cards existed. Yeah. Did your yeah. kids do any of that stuff? Are you doing that stuff? I, I do not. It, it, it is something again. Maybe I'm an old man that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into that stuff. But it's crazy when people bring that up and say, "Hey, what about this? What about this?" So we have kids running around our neighborhood that are constantly asking me about because they know that I work in, in the sports card industry and asking me about all sorts of this crazy stuff. It's like, man, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> with that stuff. But and and, and I, again, it's with with the guys that are doing that. They they know the market and they know what's coming. Um, with with the digital side of things and and what the uh, quote unquote kids are into now, so mm. who knows? We we 
the the entire hobby and industry may switch real quick. Yeah, I think it's happening, right? I think we're starting to see yeah. the, the the new generations coming in and they're placing their stamp on it, which I like. It's fun. Yeah, good good, good mix. Yeah, I agree. But man, can you believe it was January we had you on last, and uh, back yeah. in January you and I were discussing the state of the hobby, and I think it's safe to say we it was not hard to predict that the hobby would continue growing the way it has. But yeah. did, did you think it would grow this fast? I mean, because I think even now it's like, are you serious? Is this really happening yeah. in the hobby? Yeah. Do you still feel like it, that? I, I, I agree completely. And, and when we have our, our, our monthly meetings and things like that, and we see kind of how the progress is going, it's the same thing. And it, it rolled into Chicago at the national with a, with a record breaking Chicago with the attendance and, and the, the lines and just the buzz there. And, and what was cool about that, and, and I talked about it recently at, at, at the industry summit in Vegas, is there's a lot of new blood in the industry mm. that, that wasn't there before. The, the big talk was like Gary Vee being at, being at the, the national this year mm-hmm. and, and, and getting really involved with the, this side of the business and how much money is here and how the investment side is there. And that's been really exciting for, for that with these new guys coming in. Guys like at, at StockX, a website, if you haven't checked out, that mm-hmm. originally were were created to do grading and, and selling and buying of shoes. They're mm-hmm. now involved in in the sports collectibles world. So you have these these guys that are not quote unquote typical collectors yeah. and, and and art dealers around there, but they see what's going on in the hobby and they're bringing in new blood and new people that are involved w- with an industry that is already booming, mm-hmm. that is already going crazy. Um, and it's exciting. It, it is. It is really exciting. And and we talked about it briefly in January. Is when does it, when does it stop? Well, I thought it was going to stop years ago, and it hasn't. It yeah. just um, it just kept it kept going. More and more products c- come out. And we we talked about kind of what's driving that. And it's it, it's a lot of things. It's the economy. It's it's the 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 rookie classes and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it's exciting. It's exciting what's out there. Um, it's exciting what's coming. I expect it. Um, to keep rolling, um, especially through the through the holidays. I mean, November is a is yeah. a big month with with some big shows coming up. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I I can't help but ask this question. But did you did you take a selfie with Gary V? Please tell me you did. I'm going to tell you right now, I did not, and I and I and I kind of regret that. And I'll and I'll tell you what I regret. I was we're closing Don't regret the show it. down at, at at the end of at the end of um um Sunday. Okay. And I was walking down. It was it was me and a guy walking towards me and. I was doing something, whatever, and I looked down. It was Gary Vee. I was like, I, sh- I should have just said, "Hey, man, I'd like to introduce myself. Appreciate what you're doing. Take a picture." But I didn't. He was he was working on something, doing something. But I'm going to tell you this: every person that I came in contact with there were showing pictures. Hey, check out what I saw. And guys were interviewing with with our Fat Packs podcast mm-hmm. and doing interviews and things like that. So it was it was great. But I will tell you, I missed my opportunity to do it. But he was he was doing his doing his own thing. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being one of the few, the proud, who did not take a selfie with Gary Vee. I'm one of those I few and proud, too. <laughs> I, I, I wonder what he thinks if he just says, man, please let, let me do my business. Let me let me go on. But I, I think that it was it, it's good for him and, and for um, kind of what, I guess, quote unquote, his stock that's out there. And he's just man, he's 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 doing good things for the industry and he's, he's done good things for a lot of people. And I think people like to hear him. Um, so it's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it, but I, I guess I am one of the few that did not take the picture. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's a great thing for the hobby. Publicity is great, right? Period. Um, yeah. but it was funny. I remember swinging by the booth at one point and I, uh, 
I mean, there's like 40 people around. Ten of them are taking yeah. selfies at the same time. And then he pulls out his phone, Gary V, starts doing like yeah. a live Instagram feed. Yeah. And I immediately, it's, I'm not usually like this, but I'm like, man, can I get, can I peek my head in there? Can I, can I be a part of this? I'm like, what's yeah. going on with me? I got to get out of this. He, he, he's a pro. I mean, he's he is a, a pro. pro at it. And, and to drop a hat, I think that he, he can turn it on and, and really bring the heat, which is, which is good. So yep. I, I don't even, I don't even truly the world one of the nationalists. I don't even know if I knew where his booth was or anything <laughs> like that. Or if I got too close to it, it was just packed and I just kept cruising. I don't know. You so, just you, you follow the sound of Twitter chimes and Instagram chimes. That's it. will take you there. That's yeah. probably it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. No, but it's good. Yeah, the StockX stuff is interesting. Um, I've been kind of monitoring that a little bit. That'll be fascinating to see how that evolves because uh, yeah, that type of uh, piece of the market is is pretty ripe for the taking. I feel like. Yeah. But uh, but I I, go I, I talked to the to the guys at the at, at a, kind of a Q and A session that we had mm-hmm. in Vegas a couple weeks ago, and I said how the, how this industry is sort of. Since I've been in here, I've been with, with, with Beckett 19 years this year. And so how kind of with the industry summit, it was all brick and mortar type stores. Mm-hmm. And then it broke up, broke away. And then the breakers come in and the online retailers and, and things like that. I said, guys, I, I think you've got a, a whole new group of people that are just chomping at the bit to be in this room and to learn from you guys and you to learn from them um, and, and sort of sort of go to a different level that this hobby and industry has never gone to before. Mm. And I think with your, your interview with Emily before is, is they're, they're heading that way. Tops is heading that way. And, and, um, so I, I think it's just, it's just a matter of time before what we we're sitting here talking next year and say, can you believe this and this and this and this? And it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's not going to surprise me. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think one of the points of the conversation today is kind of put, some of the collectors that obviously there's lots of collectors that could not make the industry summit because it's geared towards, yep. you know, the, the upper echelon, if you will. I would love to kind of talk about some of the trends and topics that you were talking about at industry summit that, you know, you had to answer because you were on a panel, yep. right? you were up there. Yep. What, what were you kind of seeing? What were the questions geared around when you were up there answering questions that last day? Yeah. So, so the last, the last day, and, and I said this, the first thing when this question was brought up, I said, I can't believe, it took to the last day for this to be brought up. <laughs> and it's the topic that's probably the hottest of the industry, the, the message boards um, that are going, the, the block message boards about the, uh, the hobby, about how cards are being graded, altered mm. cards are being graded and, and how some of the um, there's, there's conspiracies out there where the preferential treatment inside guys and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was glad and I was happy to, to be up there and able to answer some of these questions directly from, um, dealers that had this these concerns and and mm-hmm. I'm somebody from from day one I said I'm not I'm not gonna hide behind anything I don't think our guys have done anything wrong um, or on purpose uh, and so I'm I'm free to address any any questions or concerns that you have but the only thing that I ask is that you listen to me with an open mind and don't don't take everything that I'm saying as that's not true or um, he he's trying to hide something or this or that. It's like mm-hmm. if you listen to me, I'm going to tell you the truth. And so I've told. I've, it's been nice. I've had a couple of of dealers and and people approach me, and say, "Tell me what's going on." And I said, "I'm going to tell you the the story. I'm your inside guy. I'm telling you the exact true facts of what happened behind closed doors. So if you believe me, great, because mm-hmm. you're getting the truth. The people that say, "I know for a fact this. I know for a fact this. You don't. You don't know for a fact." And so I'll rewind just a tiny bit. I don't go to message boards. I don't. I don't get involved with these chat groups. I don't do that. 
Um, and I think anybody that has sort of a, um, a position in the industry, uh, if you get in there, it's going to make you mad and you're going to want to respond and you're going to want to, you're going to take things personally, especially for, like I said, I've, I've been, in, I've been with the Beckett 19 years. I've been here, um, from a, a year after Beckett graded started. So I, it's hmm. sort of something that you, that you take pride in. Like you've built this company and you've been around through um, the ups and downs of the industry. And mm -hmm. you know these guys that you work with here. Um, and you know kind of their character. And you know the process. And you know know how we handle our business. Um, and and things will get to you. And yeah. so uh, you, you'll get the things. Why is Beckett not responding? Why why are they not saying anything? I've said one, I said one statement out there. It was in a Wall Street Journal article, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and put it out there. And I said, that's really all I can say. Because what I'm going to say now. The guys on the message boards are not going to believe me. They're they're not going to understand this. And and I'll, and I'll say this: I talked to Steve Sonnet with, with PSA at the national first time that we had we had met each other, and mm -hmm. and I went over to the PSA booth, introduced myself, and, and we had a great conversation. Yes, we are competitors. Yes, we are um, battling for each other's business. But we, we understand this industry. And I said, I don't I don't know your business, but I I feel the same way that you that that I feel about our company, I don't yeah. think there's anything here that we're doing on purpose to hurt this this industry or this business. We're in this for the long haul. Right. So that that was the that was the main thing. Kind of kind of a long winded answer there, but yeah. So, that was the main mm -hmm. thing that that um that I was I was I was excited to address to, to any and everybody that, that, that are there. And uh so mm -hmm. that that was the main thing. So what yeah. was the one statement you did give the Wall Street Journal then for those that did not um, read the article? God, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to go back and look for the exact one because it it came out a couple of months ago that I, it just says that something paraphrasing that um, we do our best to 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 evaluate the cards and if a card looks right it measures up um, mm -hmm. everything looks like it, it is supposed to when our guys look at it then we're going to grade it mm -hmm. and um, it's something like that and, I, and I, I'd have to go back and get the the exact statement but it was one that I put it out there and I, and I, yeah. and I said I said I think this covers really are our stance in this and and the guys at PSA um, I read some of their stuff that that they put out there and I think they did a great job of it too theirs is a little bit longer than mine but um, I, I just it, it's a tough spot to have have a grading company in because what we do is we render an opinion right and there are times that we, we make a mistake and there are times that we miss some things but man I, I wish you could see some of these crazy things our guys catch and I wish you could see how many things that that we that don't get in the slap and there are times that and there are there are some guys out there that will 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 do everything they can to trick you and if a card measures up and everything we have to roll we have no idea if a black patch has been switched to another one if it doesn't look that same way with us we can't look every card up and because we talk about the we talked to, i think we talked about it in january the backlog that we have now and the psa had at the time was like man if you want us to look up every card it's right you're never going to get your cards back and it's sort of the thing where the guys have most of our senior guys here have 15 plus years of experience just working with us and they do the best that that they can to catch some of these stuff these mm -hmm. things um but unfortunately you're, you're not going to get everything yeah. you're not and i wish that it that it wasn't absolute perfect science and everybody was busted but i think that there's there's proof out there that hey we might have graded a card that the autograph had been wiped down a little bit or a card is trimmed a little bit and things like that um with with the, with the ten million plus cards that we've got in the in the couple hundred that are out there, I, that's that's pretty good percentages. 
Um, and I'm not saying that it, that it's that perfect we, that we we don't want to yep. be a hundred percent, but man, it's 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 a it's a tough industry, and um, it, it's it's tough to catch everything. But I think us, I think PSA, I think SGC, do yep. the absolute best that they can do to to, to catch stuff. No, that's good. I mean, so what, what would you say? And this came, this is a question from one of our Patreon members. He, he was curious sure. what in response to all of this, what new best practices have you guys kind of implemented to start detecting yeah. some of these cards earlier or. Yeah. Great, at all? great, great question. And it, it, it's something that, uh, when I talked to Steve at, at PSA, they're doing some things, um, in this, and I've talked to some other people like this, this could be a perfect time that you sort of purge the industry and you, mm-hmm. and you get rid of some practices that are out there and get rid of some, some, some known, um, people in the industry that are trying to deceive others. So we, we've started to do that. There are some, there's some, we're, we're, we, if we get a certain amount, an order that looks a little bit odd and things like that, then it's flagged and the customer is going to be notified and say, Hey, if you're buying this from somebody, be careful there's there's a quite a bit of, of a higher percentage of cards that we're not going to be able to grade. Mm-hmm. We're starting to implement a system in with our, in our software where we're trying to flag all the serial number cards that we're grading just in case they come back through. So number two of 15 comes back through two years later, we're hoping to catch that and saying, okay, wait a second, we've seen this one before. Um, let's put a flag on that. The tough part on some of this, this stuff is – um, I'll use you now for an example. I have a card. I sell. I sell it to you. It's never been on the market. I get it from a pack. I sell it mm-hmm. to you. You alter the card, and you change the patch out, or you wipe the signature down, or you do things like that. You send it to get graded. It it, it grades up. Just say, "Will it go perfect?" It's a it's a black label, BGS mm-hmm. ten. Well, I see this card on the market, and I and then I, I say, "Wait a second. I had this card originally. Here's the picture of it." Tyler has changed this and this about it. Mm. There's no, there's nothing on the market where we can find that card. It is, it is something that was, I got the card originally. I sold it to you. It's never been on, on eBay or, or Amazon or, or check out my card, anything like that. Um, it's impossible for us to find that or, or what the card originally looked at. Like when it first came out there, our guys have to do our best thing to catch it. Um, and, and there's there's sometimes it, it's just not possible. I wish it was. It'd be great. Um, so we've we've implemented some of that, adding adding some serial number searches on that. What's nice is we with sort of the communication with the grading companies. I think we're we're kind of at the point too. Um, I'll speak for on, on our side. I think we're mm-hmm. open to to being a little more transparent with with people in the industry that are are trying to deceive people. Um, if we've got Joe customer that we're seeing this order from and they, we say, we're not grading your stuff anymore. We reach out to the other guys and say, Hey, be careful for Joe customer here because there's a good chance that you get some of this stuff. Right. I'll tell you another thing that, 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 that's really nice and exciting about this industry. The guys on the message boards, um, that are doing this are doing an amazing job finding this, this, <laughs> these pictures and going back and researching. I mean, I, I it's concerning, you, honestly, a- how much time they absolutely. Have. <laughs> huge props to those guys because I know it takes a lot of work and I know that it is, um, it's, it is a, it, it's a good process. If they're not involved in the, in their quote unquote normal jobs with, with, with research and investigation, they need to be, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that, that you even, uh, they've said it, it, it takes a lot of time to do this. Yeah. And so that it's, it's really good that they police this industry on their own as well. Um, if if you put something out there, there was a, a recent situation where 
a guy put something out there in one of our cases and bragged about how he did this and this, and the guy got roasted. Like it, they they took real pride in this industry, and they they got really mad that somebody's doing this to an industry and a hobby that they love. That the the customer said, "I apologize, please, I'll do whatever we can to get this out of there." So it's not just really us as a grading company doing some of this this policing. The online world that's out there is doing a great job with it of bringing things to light and, mm-hmm. and and helping clean up the industry and then telling some of these people that we're we're, we're not going to accept this this type stuff in the industry yep. the market's too good um this is a this was originally created to for people to enjoy and not just be a money grab things like that and and i think that's that's kind of the things that in the industry that are going to police that it's um i think it's time I think it's time to go in there and get rid of some of these people and these practices that are out there. Um, but, the, but the goal is to stay ahead of, of what's coming next. What's, what's going to be there. We, some guys in the, in the, um, at the industry summit talked about how cards are being counterfeited. Like in say in the, in, in China cards are being counterfeited that are look almost identical to what's now and how you're going to catch that. <laughs> and I said, it's tough to, to catch some of these guys that are counterfeiting, U.S. currency, like how are we supposed right. to stop a guy that is trying to yeah. reprint a a subset from 1993 with a Jordan on it? It's like, man, it, it's hard. It's it, it's hard for everybody. So you, we do the best we can, and I and I truly um, think that anybody that's any of the the three major grading companies do the absolute best they can to hmm. to catch any and everything because it does us no good. Um, to let this stuff through. There's no, no insiders that are trying to, to get stuff through for people. It's we're in this for the long haul. This is not an immediate, immediate grab and no, run for, for us. That's good. No, I, I appreciate you being transparent on it. I know there's a lot of you course, still can't talk about, but there, I mean, I, I get it. Like it, this is not, this is not a perfect industry and then there's not yeah. unlimited resources to throw at it. So two follow-ups real quick on the trimming and then uh, we can shift topics a little bit. Sure. I, I'm curious to know, what is what is Tops and Panini and maybe even Upper Deck and Leaf? What is their role in this, and how have they kind of worked with you guys to say, yeah. let's come together and figure out a solution to the problem? Because I think you know what, there's obviously yeah. something we can do long term, whether it's serial stamping yeah. cards, maybe invisibly, something where we can track things a little bit better. Yeah. What are they saying? Yeah, yeah. We 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 talked about that kind of internally, and I, yeah. and I haven't had direct conversations with with the manufacturers, um, but we we talked about how. Um, just some basic things of, of of a way that you could you could protect a um, an autograph or a patch from being messed with, mm-hmm. and and those those guys produce the cards and and have to put them out there in a price worthy thing. Do you do you put the the patch into a some sort of cage that can cannot be removed, or the autograph is covered so it can't be wiped off, or do you do you create the card with an autograph surface that you can't wipe it off? If it wipes off, it's a void type thing. I don't know that that's not my area of specialty, hmm. but what we do with, with the company um, is, is when we get, when we get pieces, I had a conversation recently with tops and um, a conversation with Panini not too long ago. We get cards in here that no one can identify here. And we say, should these even be out on the market? And we'll contact these companies and say, Hey, um, should these be out here? How do you want us to handle this and this and that? So we're trying to help them there and, and sort of pol- police that, um, that process. Vice versa is we have the manufacturer sending us cards and saying, take a look at these things. What do you think about this? Um, how are they going to grade? How do they look? 
is it easy to be tampered with? Mm-hmm. So I think I think based on what I'm seeing recently is even the manufacturers are reaching out and saying, what can we do to police that? The, I'll, I'll tell you the ideal, the, the perfect scenario, which is I also think is impossible, but it would be great, is every manufacturer, every card they produce, they take a picture of it, scan it, and it's out there on some massive platform where every card's to be seen. And so if I want to go look up card number 17 of 450 of an offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans, I can go look that card up. Is is that doable? I mean, maybe if you were to do it and, and, and store that stuff somewhere. But how many of those cards will use that, that offensive line from, from Tennessee? Are, there's no one going to care about as soon as they open that pack. Mm-hmm. But what, what the example I use is, is then what happens to the rare case when you have a seventh round quarterback from Michigan drafted that is now the possibly the best quarterback of all time? Mm-hmm. And at the time, that was a throwaway card. No one wanted that stuff. But now yeah. it's one of the cards that our authentication team has to watch out for because of the fake autographs and the, the trimming on that card and how it was originally produced. Right. That's one of the anomalies. And, and unfortunately, the guy that I use is, is the other one is Ataj Boyd from Clemson that comes out that is a nobody, not in the league anymore. And who cares about his images and his pictures? So the perfect scenario and, and is, is there's a picture of everything, and it's easy for every grading company to look up. And there's no way that you can switch a patch or change an autograph or things like that because we have all the pictures. I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. I, I truly don't. That's tough. Man, oh, man. I, I love it. I think it's a great idea. Coming from the technology space, I think, man, the big data around that would be – and the data warehouse would be just insane. But It, it would be insane. And, and I, idea, I hope though. I don't when, – when, when, the, when the podcast comes out, I, I hope I don't get a call from – Panini and Tops and 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 I said, what in the heck are you running that mouth for like that? I'm telling you right now, I, it, I I'm not in your space and I not, I don't think it's possible, but I think that's what everybody kind of wants is is this massive massive um, database where it can be looked up and 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 done and and how do you pick which cards are going to be good? Is your hmm. is the the Ryan Leaf collection that you do back in whatever year that was? What, what do you care about Ryan Leaf now? Mm-hmm. Who cares about that? You, it's it's one of those things is you're going to take a gamble on which one you want to take pictures on and which ones you don't. Yeah. Let seventh round quarterback from Michigan sure looks good right now. No kidding. Ryan Leaf, was that 1993? I feel like that. It's crazy to think that that was what, 20 uh, some, 25 years ago. <laughs> it's, what, it's, it's, it's Peyton Manning's rookie. So, yeah, it's 90. Goodness. 93, 94, yeah. I think of it as Drew Bledsoe's rookie year because that was a oh, there you go. childhood there you go. Okay, collector. Idol. Um, my, my last question on that was, are, are you looking at maybe, or maybe you already have this kind of like you said, an internal task force that does, maybe you look at some of those guys that are really good at identifying these issues and bringing them internal and maybe hiring them to do some of your investigation yeah. for you. Have you thought about that? Yeah, we have. And, and with, with as much business is still in here, yeah. um, internally, we've got guys that, that have already taken that kind of upon themselves to say, I want to start keeping a database of some of these things. I want to start tracking some of these pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 things that our guys are now able to, wherever they are in the world, can pull up this database that we have of these cards and this information that we're getting there um, and sort of say, hey, this is what we're seeing here. This is what we're, we're being, um, uh, uh, what's, what's kind of popping up, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's also nice and um, is it, going kind of going back to the, the card manufacturers, is them being more involved with us saying, hey, this card, um, Tops had a product that, that some of the cards were cut a little bit differently. And we mm-hmm. were informed with them uh, at the National. 
and said, hey, be on the watch for this. And the guy said, thank you for telling us because all these cards have been kicked. The cut is wrong. The size is wrong. But it's now an industry standard, and, and this is supposed to be like that. So externally, um, we still have a lot of consultants around around the, the country and the world that help us with things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to still use us. And when these things, when these things pop up, um, then we're, we're keeping much better track of them than we did even when we talked in January, like mm. this is, this is well before all this stuff started uh, being brought up and stirred up. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it's necessary. I, I, I would be stunned if, if everybody in the industry that's involved with this didn't have an extra layer, layer of security and a little sure. bit more protocol in place. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. Let's take a quick break for those that don't want to listen to trimming. They can skip to the second half and not have to worry about the trimming discussion. <laughs> yeah. All right, real quick break from the conversation. So here's the deal. I know there's so much data, so many different things floating around the hobby right now. Graded cards and raw cards and when should I buy and all these new rookies trending. And so everything we've done at Breaker Culture is meant to help you get a little bit more of an edge by breaking down some of that craziness into very simple charts and analytics. That's what we've done for the last four years. And I I really hope you've gotten some sort of benefit out of all these different things that we've put out. Um, so we started our Patreon page last month. And the Patreon page is really just a way for you to, to buy into different levels of membership for Breaker Culture. And those levels of membership will get you different access just to additional levels and exclusive um, levels of insight. We want to keep pushing up more insight, but the reality is it just costs money to do all this. And it's taken a lot, a lot of time. And so I'm pushing a lot more content over there to that exclusive community. So thank you all that have joined in the first uh, first month. And my thought is this. If I can save you $5, $15, $35, which I think I easily can do in a month from, uh, from the way you buy a player or sell a player or look at a product, then it's well worth your investment. And it helps us out and continues to show us, that, you know what, we should keep putting out these resources for you. So go to patreon.com forward slash breaker culture or just click the link right in the show notes that takes you right to the patreon page for breaker culture and you'd be doing us a great service and i think you'd be doing yourself a service by uh, taking part in all the analytics that we're putting on the patreon page back to the show All right, we're back. So let's talk a little bit more about something we, we touched on in January. And I, I really got in tune with it because I um, I love what BGS does in general. But your single grade, this was a big thing at the yeah. beginning of the year. You had a big push for it. Maybe just what, what's, what's been the response from the market? Do you feel like it's been well-received the way you were anticipating? Yeah. It, it, and I am, I am glad to say it, it, it has been. It, cool. it's, it's been a... A very nice new service that we've offered, um, and it was it, it. We really started promoting it, like you said, first part of the year, mm-hmm. and really started getting involved with that. Um, Leaf was doing some of it. Panini's done some of that with their products, and, and some of the customers, um, the, the the that we thought that it would be perfect for, have now been turned onto it and saying, you know what, BGS is still, and I and I and I've said this, one of the crazy companies that offer a guaranteed turnaround service on their service on their product. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this market, it's still a crazy thing to think about. But when you can get get your cards back um, in, a, in a guaranteed amount of time, which you know you're going to get, um, is good. You want to sell this stuff. You want to get it out of there. And the single grade option has been really, really taken well, uh, taken on well in the industry. 
um, and it's grown substantially since we spoke in, in January. Yeah. The national was we, we get we picked out some really big customers because we could say, hey, save yourself a couple of bucks, um, get your stuff back in a guaranteed amount of time, and if you get a ten, you're gonna get subgrades on it. So if that's what you're shooting for, go for it, go for it there, and that's that's what it's done. And, and I think in, in that, um, I don't really dig into the market as much as as our pricing guys do, but when our quarterly meetings, you can they can say, hey, these prices are starting to gain a little bit of steam, mm -hmm. and the market's starting to learn more about these this single grade thing, and the grading's the exact same, um, and, and it, it's starting starting to to get a little bit of momentum, and and the good part about that is we've had the, our backlog that we've had in here for our non guaranteed service, a lot of the guys have switched to that and, and are, are taking us up on that service, and That's getting great. the cards out on the market and making some money, and then sending more cards in and buying more product it it helps everybody so yeah I, i've been thrilled with with the results of that and and i hope that the the collectors and secondary market are, are picking that up as well and saying hey this is this is a quality product yeah no i've been a big advocate and i haven't really had a chance to tell you that i've been submitted some my own throughout the year and, and just kind of testing things yeah. out just so i could tell my audience and i've been really impressed right and the big selling point to me is look you're gonna get your ten subgrades. That's yeah. the key to me, right? You're gonna get your ten yeah. subgrades, and that I, I would say all the analytics we've we've run with all these different cards we've graded, maybe a few percentage points between a BGS nine five single grade and the BGS nine five traditional grade, which is crazy yeah. to me. It's awesome yeah. to see. And and, and it, it, it's it, and I've told people this is not for every card. Your eighty six, eighty seven Fleer probably not. Like you know, <laughs> right. that's probably not what this is for because. Subgrades carry a lot of weight there. If 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 you've got a, a Jordan with a with a ten subgrade, that's going to be a premium. So this this may not be for that. But man, with these prospects and from from in baseball yep. and, and some some long shots and 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 the football rookie class and things like that, this is a perfect perfect service for that to save a few dollars. If you're saving a few dollars on on your grading fees, um, just if you're doing a hundred cards and you're saving three four five hundred dollars on your stuff, then it's going to make up for it when, when these cards sell for maybe a, a little bit less. It's, it's going to be worth it. The, the percentages are still there. Just like you said, I, 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 if it's me and, and I'm a very biased person in, in this, there's no way I'm not using this service from Beckett. No way I'm not using it. If I, if I, if I have that top product. Yep. I, I don't disagree. I think, uh, because I, yeah. what are you saying with turnaround times there on, on the single grade? Are you, you're consistent with where you were a year ago. You offering the same turnaround frames. Yeah, we, we, we have it now where you can you can get guaranteed turnaround time, two, five, ten, and thirty day guaranteed turnaround time on your on your no subgrade service. So if you've got stuff and you say, I've gotta have it back before basketball starts and in a week or two, we, we we we've got you covered in that. We've we've got the ability to to knock that stuff out. And I think that's what's been really good. When when some something really hot pops up and you've got a handful of them and you need to go quick, it's a perfect service to throw that in. And if you've got baseball prospects for next year, and you say put them in line, put them in line for that non-guaranteed service. Yep. And I, I realize that it's going to be six to eight months. That's perfect for next baseball season. Save yourself even more money and go that route. And our mm. goal is by the end of this year, and just a couple of months away, is to be at our at our our non-guaranteed in about eight months. That's our, that's our goal. Ideal sweet spot for that is four to six months on on that on that non guaranteed. Which if we can get to that and get a um, some of that service rolling out, that's going to be huge um, for the market as well to get that that out there. So uh, it, it's it's kind of a, a a a menu of of what we can do for you. We can do subgrades if you want that. We we've got guaranteed turnaround. 
we've got um, single grade, and we've got subgrades. It's uh, the size cases, whatever you want there. Um, it, it's one of those things. If, if we can't offer you something that you want, then then maybe we need to reconsider something else because I think we do a pretty good job of a, yeah. a wide range of, of stuff. Agreed. Yeah. So another question kind of along those lines from, from someone from our group. Um, what have you kind of put more emphasis on as you've tried to in, improve your turnaround time? Uh, staffing or improving yeah. the process? W- which of those two have you emphasized more? Yeah, and, and, I, and we, 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 may have to, we may have talked about that in January. I, th- I think we did, what we did is, is hiring graders on here. Yep. Um, and, and it has been a real blessing this year that we've, we've brought on three junior graders awesome. that we brought on here. And what's nice about this is two of the guys that we brought on here have hobby experience and have worked in the grading industry um, with us years ago. Uh, with the other, with the, with the competition, um, or has has been involved with the industry, and it is not local guys. It is guys that we found throughout the country, and that we brought them in here. Nice. And the strides that they've made over a year, and it is so nice finding people that understand the hobby and understand what they're going to be doing in this job uh, to plug away at it. So, since we talked last time, we've got three new guys that are brought on here that have have just done really, really well for mm-hmm. us. And so that's it, the staffing. That's awesome. Um, and then and we talked about it before mm-hmm. too. And then what the first conversation was with the single grade option. Yep. You can go through these cards much faster when you're not breaking them down. You're looking at an overall grade and said, that's a nine five because of this and this and this. You could move much quicker. So as people are using that service, more cards are getting out on the market. So it's a little bit of both. It's, it's a little bit of the process. It's a little bit of what we're offering. And it is um, being, being, be in a good spot right now with adding some some staff in here that um, that that is, is doing really well. And we talked about it before. Yep. It's not something where you hire somebody one day and the next day, congratulations, you're a senior grader, <laughs> head to Chicago, and you're going to work a show. It's I wish it was that easy. I tell people <laughs> all along, if if there was a lineup of graders here, um, we'll hire you. Let's go, let's go. But it's <laughs> it's a tough gig, and um, that's it. So the, so a little bit of the procedure. And a, a lot to do with with added staff on here. Cool. How many graders does that give you now? What do you what do you what do you at? <sighs> Let me think. Um, we are at fifteen um, ish full time graders wow. now. Um, I'm trying to think in my head as so I'm sitting here, but that, that's that's probably a pretty good number um, there, and, and and a couple more in, in the wings if if we we need to. So hmm. we're, we're all, always looking. I mean, like. Again, if you're listening to this podcast and you are, you think you can be a grader, or you've got somebody that can do that. Please send us the information because we would love to bring on more people. You know good and well. Everyone that criticizes the grades would rather sit at home in their chair, yeah. armchair yeah. quarterback style. I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, and and that's great for them. That is. Right, what I right. tell people is like it, it, it is with the guys that are in this industry, in this market, and, the, and that are dealers that would be perfect for this. Are doing really well on the other side of the table, and so it, it's it's there. But when you when you get in here and and again these people that know how everything works internally and things like that and how we should be doing stuff and do that, please apply. Come on down here and check this thing out, and let's go. Let's see how it is. And I think I think it'd be it'd, it'd be pretty pretty eye opening. Somebody says, okay, that's that's not really how you do that, or, or <laughs> right. that's how you do that, or things like that. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let, let's dive a little bit more into the analytical side of things. And you, I understand you're not yep. going to have all these analytics in front, but I, I'm just I'm thinking about it from my perspective. What what would be really intriguing to me? I'd be curious to know: Do you guys 
quickly calculate the percentage of black labels you get out of all your cards graded? Yeah, great question. And and and, and I said this, to, and I think I talked to another dealer about this. What's what's good about this is is a lot of our card graders have no idea of the value of these cards yeah. or, or or what they're doing. And and when you sort of have a um, you're, you're sort of callous to your job and you're doing the same thing over and over again. You really just want to get your job done and get out of here and you're working on stuff in the progress. So they don't really keep track of that. We, yes, we could pull the numbers that are there uh, and we could see what's there. But I think with that, you have to look at the product that are getting these black labels. The brand new stuff that's coming out is produced well. Guys know what to look for. And so you're going to have much more of that than you're going to have even stuff from three, five years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. So I think, I think getting the numbers of how many black labels out there, yes, we could do it. But I think if you want a true identifier and you, and you go out there and you want, want to see exactly what the percentage is out there is I think you've got to break it down per year yeah, and when fair. this stuff was produced and, and, and how it was there. Cause I promise you the, the amount of, of black labels on, on 89 upper deck is, is going to be much less than sure. uh, 2019 Bowman Chrome type stuff. So, yeah, we can have it. It's it's something that that it's not a public type thing, but if if it if it ever need to be out there, it's there. Yeah, um, and I, that that's that kind of goes back to what we talked about in the first session is um, the conspiracy theorists about how these people are getting certain grades and things like that. Man, these the guys that are in this industry that are getting these grades and know what to look for, and they and they they're they're searching for cards and they're not submitting junk cards anymore. Mm. When grading first started. If you had a card that that had any value, you return it in. You're mad because it came directly from a pack and it wasn't a perfect ten. Mm-hmm. And these guys now are, are spending hours upon hours just sorting through cards and and going to shows and and, and really putting some effort into to get to some of these grades. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it's it, funny it, you it, mentioned it, that. It's yeah. a tough question. Yeah, it, 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 for sure, I get it. And it's funny because you mentioned just the the maturity of the buyer now, right? They're, they know what to look for when yeah. they're buying, and I think. There's a lot on the flip side of that, right? You got a lot of complaints now from just the seller community on eBay, for instance, right? You're getting all these returns yeah. and chargebacks because the surface wasn't clean enough or the corner, the, the centering wasn't perfect. That's the, you know, the, the type of complaints you're getting. It's like, man, these people are getting smarter. You're definitely getting smarter. And, and I think it's one of the reasons why grading continues to be so so important to this because, um it's not the wild, wild west like it was yeah. years ago, and you're and you're grading, selling stuff, and and people want cards that um, they know that um, have been looked at and look good, and and there's 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 money there to be had, yeah. um, even if not now, but in the future. These guys that are that are banking on these Wander Franco type people that are 18 year old kids and and single A baseball, they want to know that they're they're getting the right thing. So it's it's. The hobby's definitely the, the industry, the the collectors and the buyers and sellers are definitely smarter. Um, some are a little bit more um, careful than others, but I mean, yeah. that, that's that's what we kind of have to expect. For sure. What what sport would you say is graded the most? Is it is it baseball? It's baseball. Yeah, but ba- baseball's um, far and above um, the the most graded, especially when when the first the baseball season starts. Just the prospects that are out there, but it, it's amazing, um, and it's kind of a hot topic right now with what's going on in China and the NBA, but that the international market in the NBA um, collectible market is, is still continues to grow and grow and grow. Hmm. Um, and it's it something that, that we're really excited about as we look as more international growth and doing more um, international events with some of the other partners in the industry. Um, it's exciting to see that. So 
baseball's head way out there. Um, but man, I, I, it, it's pretty surprising. The, the hockey class this year that that's going to be introduced, um, the rookies mm-hmm. in November up in Toronto when the, the expo is going on there, hockey class this year is phenomenal. So I expect a, a huge, huge jump in, in hockey products this year. Uh, Zion Williams is going to, if he comes out as in, in plays like everybody's hoping he is, that's going to be huge for everybody. But um, the the basic simple answer is, is baseball is still still the king. But man, there's there's depend on the season. There's there's guys that'll the, the industries that'll yeah. that'll jump in there. Would you say basketball's number two? Yeah, I think so. I think you you could fight about that if football if football's there. But I, I think it's basketball just for the international market that's yep. out there. The amount of money that's being spent on that that type sure. product, um, I think it's there. You could you could definitely have people battle you with football, but I think if you it's right now if you're in the middle of football season and your fantasy team's doing this and Patrick Mahomes getting hurt last night, what's that going to do? That type of stuff. Right. It's 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 a yeah. It's it's kind of a day to day thing for sure. I never really thought about this, but do you guys do you have another facility outside the U.S. and do you grade in other languages? Like, would you? We, we, we don't have it. We don't. Yeah, we, we don't have another uh, actual facility where we grade outside of, of this building. Okay. We, we do. We do shows and events all around. The only time that sure. we're currently full slabbing is at the National each year. But uh, two, two and a half years ago, we, we went to China uh, for our first uh, event there. We did raw card review grading there. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at doing that again in some sort of form um, next year. Uh, that, that's a possibility that we're kicking around. Um Canada, uh, Toronto is a, a fantastic market, and, it, and it's it's one that we've done really well at in the last couple of years. So it's it's one that we'll continue to do. But an, an overall facility where we grade, it's it's only here in Dallas. Um, but we have reps in in um, California, in Chicago, mm-hmm. and in, in South Korea. Um, we have a, a rep there that that works with our market over there uh, to do stuff. But I mean, you you look at you look at, at not specifically facilities, but the amount of dealers and and shops that are that are collecting stuff around around the world cherry collectibles in, in australia is, hmm. a, is a is a big customer of ours that has has a great online presence and has a great facility and does shows and and they were at the national this year um so it's not maybe not specifically um a facility but there's a lot of of beckett hubs we'll say around it that you could get stuff turned into love it very cool if you were to pick right now Toughest product to grade in 2019. What would it be? I'm going to tell you. I, I said I am lucky enough not to grade, so I don't know the answer <laughs> to that question. Um, people, it, it's it's amazing. Said, how, how long have you graded? Thank goodness I have never graded. That's a, <laughs> a great thing for the industry. So I I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, so I, I can't help you with that one. That's okay. No, I I don't know what I would say either. I'd say maybe a, <laughs> maybe like an optic or a heritage that are really inconsistent but i was curious i'd love to know like if stats are ever kept and analytics are ever run behind the scenes from you guys it didn't sound like maybe to that level it is but be fascinating to know yeah 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 it's it's we get get all sorts of crazy reports well something will pop up in in our marketing discussions or things like that so you know what that's that's a really good question let's let's ask for that it's amazing how quick the it team and can can pull up some rare bit of information said, okay, well, that's what we needed. And we, we move on to the next thing. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about 2020. What, uh, what are you most excited about in the hobby and maybe specifically with BGS, anything come to mind? 
Yeah, like, like, like I talked about, I think the international possibilities are, are something that, that are really exciting. Um, I, I think that the, the, the partnerships that we have within kind of our portfolio with um, our, a comic book grading division that we have now, mm-hmm. um, we have a, a, a sister company called Arcade Tinman that's based out of Denmark that does gaming supplies, um, which is really big in the ga- gaming industry. Um, so it's nice to have the, the growth of, of gaming cards. Um, and then Arcane Tinman to be there to sort of supplement some of their supplies there. So I think some of the cross promotions that we have with not just BAS with our authentication service or our comic book or our supply company, um, some things that may be coming in there, uh, sort of some some co-ventures and, and some planning. But then getting back to the international events and, and things that we're looking to do this year, I'm really excited about that. And, and again, try, trying to figure out if this – if this market can can continue to to stay strong, and and that that's the thing that um, I think anybody that's that's involved with this is is doing everything they can to to make that happen. Yeah, hundred percent. I think now now you're entering that phase where you're thinking, okay, how can I protect myself a little bit against a potential yeah. pullback? Right. I mean, you just you... yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 that, and and and, then, and still, like we we talked about before, is is protecting your brand and protecting this industry right. and doing everything you can to be on the up and up. And, uh, there's, there's no way years and years ago that, that I could, could have imagined that, um, competitors in this industry would be openly talking to each other to better the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're, we're at a point there that, um, we're talking, Hey, here, there's, there's communication between the companies yeah. um, and saying, Hey, do this and check out for this. And Hey, let's meet. Can you jump on a call and let's talk about this. Um, not just with with the grading companies, but with the manufacturers. Um, it's 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 a it's a great industry to be in, and it's something that we want to keep strong and successful for for everyone involved. Love it. Now that's a that's a great way to wrap it up. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, you ready for some quick rapid fire? Yes, and and I, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna I I, <laughs> I beat myself up so much on my last ones that you fired at me. You did. Like yes, it, but you, yes because. You took some shots at me, and rightfully so, because my responses, some of them were terrible. So I'm real. This is the one thing that I was really worried about coming into this is what you were going to ask this time, and I've just got to be on my game. All right. Well, so talking. Is... So talking for as long as we've talked is is has done nothing. This is the part that I've been waiting for. I love it. I love it. That, <laughs> that's the way it should be. That's the way yeah. it should be. Forget the content and the actual meat. Yeah, yeah, not the content. <laughs> what are the questions Tyler going to ask me? And so I do not look like a. I think you called me last year, like a, uh, in January, a 13-year-old little girl. Some of the questions, I was like, damn, Gosh, right. Those are terrible. Did I say that? How, that's terrible of me. I apologize. I think so. Something like, Publicly some, apologize. Something like that. And, and I, listen, I can't argue with you. They were okay. terrible. All right. That's fair. Okay. These will be better. I promise. Okay. Okay. You got to pick a sports player to babysit your kids tonight. Which one you picking? I'm taking Luca. Local guy. Like, he would be fun. Luca Doncic is going to babysit yeah. your kids tonight. Be great. He's the type of guy that's going to leave the oven on, I think, and is going to forget to uh, change a diaper. You're going to have a rash to deal with. That 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 that, that would be fine, I think. But I, I think <laughs> my son would be thrilled that he he could just dribble around with him because he's he's three now and is really into that. And I think that that would be fine. So if the oven's left on, it's probably on in the house anyway. Um, so it's good. We're good. Luca, that's that's a no brainer. And I and I would have said Dirk. 
before because I think that would be great because Dirk's a guy that I would love to hang out with for just a little bit. I think he'd be great. Hmm. So we're going to go with, with, with Luca now, though. Love it. All right. Funniest movie you've ever seen? Oh, man. I, I'm really into dry humor and it's it, the weird type stuff. I think Fargo is genius. I love Caddyshack. I think it's great, nice. just some of the lines there. So with, with the dryness, Fargo is really good and dark and, and weird. But, man, Caddyshack's pretty, pretty good. Love it. Okay. What's your favorite family vacation memory? Uh, da, da, da. We, we went on a Disney cruise two years ago which, mm-hmm. with, with my, at that time, one-year-old son and three, four-year-old daughter, and I thought it was phenomenal. I thought I thought I didn't know how it would last on a ship with my kids, and it was fantastic. Went to a friend and stuff, so highly recommend Disney Cruise out of Miami, and they have that private island and stuff. It's it's pretty great, pretty great. That's awesome. Unlimited sushi or unlimited barbecue for life? Which one do you take? Where's the barbecue from? Ooh, that's true. We'll go slaps. How about it? slaps? So I, I don't know what, what is, I don't know what that is. Is it oh. Texas barbecue? Is it? Yes. Yeah, so let's. Uh, what, what's your favorite Texas barbecue you know joint? What? I, listen, I'm 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 delaying the inevitable. You are. It's barbecue. Okay. Thank you. It's My barbecue. goodness. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I was trying. I think I think I was overthinking it. Yeah, it's barbecue. No, hands down. What is the spot in Texas you go for? Like, what, what's your go-to Texas joint? Um, I mean, there, there's all all kinds here. There, there's a spot near our office um, called Cadillac Barbecue. It's mm. open two days a week, um, and it's open Thursday and Friday, ten thirty till it runs out. It's really, really good. But I'm a a, a Cooper's Barbecue guy um, in Fort Worth, I'm over in the stockyards, going over there, eating, having beer. It is, it's, it's really good. But I haven't had, I haven't had like Franklin's down in Austin. I haven't had it. I haven't had even I haven't had the local stuff here, Pecan Lodge, which everybody says is yeah. is amazing. But I haven't had that. But Cadillac or Coopers are, are, are my go-to. Love it. Okay. Here's a question I've been waiting to ask somebody, and I'm finally going to ask it. <laughs> Last one okay. for you. If one insect was made the size of an elephant, which would be the scariest? A cockroach. Ugh. I, yeah. I hate them just in their normal size. They're, yeah, they're brutal. Brutal. So an a elephant-sized cockroach? If anyone, Just saying it sounds terrible. Anyone has something other than that, like they're insane. <laughs> like it's cockroach. Uh, I guess you could say spider. That's or, what I was gonna I mean, say. I wouldn't. Even, I, no. No. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that, and and that that's that's a fine answer. It's not the right answer. Cockroach is the right answer. <laughs> so so much conviction. That's what I love about you, yeah. Jeremy. Man of conviction. All right. Have a great yeah. weekend. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Take care. All right, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeremy. We're going to shift over the conversation with Tyson and talk about the NFL season and the rookie class here in a minute. Before I do that, uh, if you're not involved in our Discord channel, I highly advise you to do that. If you don't know what Discord is, Discord is essentially a chat application that's really it's threaded and organized in a very convenient manner. So we have all kinds of different channels and topics in the Breaker Culture Forum. And you can real quickly just chat with the group. There's about 100 members in there right now. And we're talking about all kinds of different things from different sports to um, you know, products to buy, which hits we're getting, you know, investing strategies, all these different things. And you can real quickly run some questions and, and topics by the, the group and you'll get a quick answer. So it's really beneficial. Highly advise you to do that. Go to the Discord channel. The link is in the show notes. And uh, you can join the group, no cost. You can be a part of that community. Look forward to having you there. 
All right, so let's jump into the conversation with Tyson. Tyson, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Ty. How are you? Oh, I could be better. You're talking what? An hour, two hours after Patrick Mahomes just went down with a kneecap injury. You yeah, know, you timed quite, this right. Uh, it's quite the tidal wave. That's tough to overcome. <laughs> oh, man, I know. I'm. A, I was. I was texting my dad actually, and I said, you know what? If this is if this is a season-ending injury. This just freed up a lot of Sundays for me and my family. Right. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's hard to watch teams with backup quarterbacks as it is, and, you know, arguably the best player in the league going down. That's, that's, hard, that's hard for a team to overcome. Yeah, it is. We'll deal with it, though. I'm more concerned yeah. about the hobby. Kansas City's one thing, but forget that, man. It's the hobby. I'm more, more, more the hobby to be hot. Buy a little opportunity, maybe. That's right. That's right. Well, I am excited to talk to you. You've been writing some some awesome articles on Breaker Culture. I know a lot of people have been checking them out, and obviously I'm very thankful for that. But I'm excited to get you on here and talk football because you have some interesting takes, which I like, and your perspective is uh, very, very fresh, and I appreciate it. But before we dive in, let's let people know a little bit about yourself because you're obviously you're in Canada, for those that don't know. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm in uh, Calgary, Canada right now. Um, I'm a father. I have two young children, two and four. Um, we came up here originally because my wife's postdoc. I'm from Oregon, born and raised in Oregon. Mm. Um, football's been my passion, teaching and coaching. I teach math. Um, I, but, like, I was really big into football and coaching growing up. Played football at Linfield College, a Division three school in McMinnville, Oregon. Uh, got a little mm. national championship, a couple cool things like that. Um playing there but just uh, you know throw that out there most consecutive i actually had a fun stat for you ty our school i have to look it up i think it's 62 but our school currently has 62 straight seasons of a winning season and still going and so it's the ncaa record so that's wow. kind of our claim to fame something we hang our hat on and so but yeah so that's pretty much me in a nutshell big football guy big sports guy um been in sports car since i was young and getting my son into him now, it's been pretty fun getting him. Tim Hortons up here, their big coffee shop. Some people know Tim Hortons, some people yeah, don't. Yeah. Uh, but they just had their hockey card thing. And so every time I go, I get a coffee and get him a pack of cards for a dollar. And he's a big goalie fan. And so every time he got a goalie, he would just freak out. It's just fun to see. So he's uh, he's uh, definitely enjoying it too. So the hobby is good to the fam and sports and all that stuff. It's all fun. Awesome. I, I love how you just casually said, hey, I, I won a national championship, but whatever, you know, and, anyway, I, I, I teach math. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was like, I probably shouldn't even say it. I might kind of think I'm boasting a little bit, but actually my kids today in class, they have a poster with the ring on it in my class. And they're like, do you have the ring? And it was actually in my backpack. I was like, oh, actually, I do. Like, you should wear it. So I, actually wore, I wore the I wore the ring today, but I told him I didn't play in the game. I was a red shirt that year, but still, you know, it counts. Don't, don't <laughs> let facts get in the way of a good story. Exactly. That's right. Awesome, man. All right. Well, cool. So you, you obviously, you get data, you get analytics. And I think that's what really intrigued me the first time you and I chatted months ago. You teach, you teach calculus at the 11th grade level, 12th grade level. Is that, is that right? Yeah. 
Um, advanced pre-calculus up here, essentially. But yeah, just right in okay. our calculus up here in Canada. But 12th grade and 11th grade mostly is the math I teach. I'm the math lead at my school, so I'm kind of at the top, you could say, I guess, in terms of the, the levels I teach. So Got it. But we're a, yeah, we're a small school. There's 300 kids. <clears throat> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so we, my kids go to school with about 260 kids in it. Mm. And I, yeah, I guess that would be considered small around here, too. But hmm. Right. How is education in Canada compared to United States in general? Is it, is it, a, is it, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get like too political with it, but they're definitely, teachers are definitely more like valued here more. Hmm. Um, so that's definitely, it was a plus for us coming back and it's just a better situation for us. We thought to, for our kids. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of like what's expected in the level, I think actually mathematically they're higher. Typically in the States, algebra two is kind of the, uh, NCAA, NCAA clearinghouse minimum and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. the minimum up here, minimum up here is like one step further. So the, the standard's a little bit higher, um, but they're having the same problems. They still, their public schools have crowded classrooms. Yeah. They have different things like that. I think just they kind of manage a little bit better in terms of how they, uh, they pay it back to teachers a bit. They know it's tough, but um, I'm in a good situation with a small school. So I have small class size and that kind of stuff. But overall, I think it's, it's, it's comparable. I, you know, I, don't want to get too off track, but I was, I was in, I was in, we lived in Hawaii. There's no track. Yeah. We were in Hawaii uh, two years ago as my wife, she taught at the university of Hawaii. And so I got to go back to the public system for a little bit in the States. And I still love the pride and the, just the camaraderie of public school systems. That's how I grew up. And it was really refreshing to go back into that after being in a private school for so long in Canada. And so, um, I definitely missed the, the up, like the pride and just the kids, uh, the buy-in and different things like that from, uh, the, public school setting in the States. Definitely. I missed that with football and yeah. all that stuff. So yeah. did you say Hawaii? Yeah. 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 We were in Hawaii and uh, Hilo, Hawaii for a year. My goodness. You're yeah, all over the place. Of, yeah. We definitely had an interesting track for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just like it's, it's been quite a track. Went to Kentucky. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. And you know what binds <laughs> us all together? Sports cards. My kids, so my kids had some friends over the other day and they were trying, they were coming up with these random dances after they were actually playing flag football in the backyard and they came up with these dances. And so I'm like, Hey, you guys ever, it's like a, a group of like six kids, all boys from nine to 12. And I was like, you guys ever seen the Hawaii football team, Haka? It's Haka. It's called Haka, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, I, I couldn't turn it off. Like I had to sit there and watch every Hawaiian high school football team haka with them because they were so intrigued. Couldn't believe yeah. teams actually got into it this much. Oh yeah, and totally that, that's the cool. That's the cool part. No, that's the tradition. I was kind of saying that's the things you see is just like they care about that stuff. And that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's 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 I don't know. That's what you kind of live for sometimes. No doubt, no doubt. That's awesome. Um, well, cool, man. Let's let's dive into this a little bit. We'll, I'm sure we'll loop back into more of your story but uh nfl rookies this year let's start off by looking at the rookies and then we'll kind of mm-hmm. talk about this this the season in general but what's kind of been your take in general with the rookie class this year have you been ex- as excited as the past couple years or just kind of no i mean i was just looking at that i think the last couple of years are so hard to stack up to mm-hmm. i mean two years ago you had mahomes watson mccaffrey and then this last year you had Baker and you had, you know, uh, Josh Allen, uh, all, all the quarterbacks, you know, it just, mm-hmm. the last two, last two years are so stacked that this year wasn't gonna have a chance. I think <laughs> that this year's still been like pleasantly surprised. Like Daniel Jones has played a lot better than people thought he would. 
Um, Kyler's still the headline and he's still, like I said, he could be the most talented quarterback of the last three years at the end of the day. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, with Mahomes, that's tough, but I just think that overall it's been a pleasant surprise, but it's still not to me. It's not close to the last two years still. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. I, I would totally agree with that. It's funny because I just saw a news article earlier today saying that, I guess ratings are up this year. I didn't even, I didn't even know that. I guess they're up like 6%. You know, they've been trending oh. down for NFL the last three years. Which oh, wow. I thought was interesting because the rookie class has been really good, like you just mentioned. And then we get a mediocre rookie class this year, and all of a sudden we have <laughs> ratings back up. It's a, There's obviously no correlation. Think, That's what we decide. Yeah, some of it, though, too, I think is the – I would think the ratings would be up, too, just waiting to see what Baker does next or waiting to see what Watson does next. I think those guys are feeling a lot of it, too, because the young – it's a young quarterback group leading the league right now overall. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you're right. You're right. Yes, yeah, so some maturity finally in the league. Some of those young yeah. guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so I guess looking at your so your list just came out today. So when people are listening to this, they'll see go to Break Culture. They'll see the um, the top ten watch list that Tyson puts out every week for NFL rookies, and and obviously Kyler's number one. But which guys are kind of when you look at it now? Here we are in week six. Which guys are you surprised that keep hanging around your top ten? Um, and hanging around my top 10 is I definitely think Daniel Jones would be two. Um, just going through the draft process, how much he was just drilled and how much flack the giants took for all their offseason moves of dumping OBJ for peanuts compared to what he's worth. And I just, everybody just thought he was toast except for the giants fans. They were actually, some of them were decently excited. Mm -hmm. So I think he's the one that I'm really surprised he's at two. I thought he'd be below Haskins by now, but, um, it's essentially they've flipped a script like Haskins been in the worst situation and the little game play he got was not good at all. And so Haskins is definitely going to be a let's wait and see. Um, I didn't, I honestly really was concerned about Metcalf's stiffness coming out of the draft. I just didn't think, Mm -hmm. I just didn't think he would be able to win this early. Um, but then you just, you just got to remember when guys get on teams with great quarterbacks, like Russell Wilson is just so good that Mm -hmm. he puts them in good positions to win. And so I think that's really been a big thing that I've noticed. Um, Garner Minshew, obviously is a big surprise. Kyle Allen's a big surprise. Those guys are leading, uh, Mm -hmm. Pretty pretty solid teams right now. Kyle Allen hasn't lost yet, which is just ridiculous to think about. Yeah, okay. Um, so I think those those kind of guys are the ones I've kind of been surprised about uh, overall. Yeah, actually, they're talking about it tonight. Monday Night Football. How they don't even think they can they cannot put Cam Newton in right now. How do you n- yeah. not keep Kyle Allen as a starter? Four straight wins. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly impressive. And, and I mean, that's saying a lot because Cam's been a franchise guy for almost a decade, and he is he's just been the face of that franchise. And for that, even like you just listening to some of the fans talk, there's like, Oh, we want Allen. It's like, man, it's all it took to get over Cam Newton was three or four decent starts yeah. of accurate, of accurate throwing, you know, it's just, I think it's just crazy, but I mean, it's tough to argue. You can't argue wins. So it is. Have, have you had a chance to watch him? I'm curious. I actually haven't had a chance to watch him. Yeah. Um, well, no, I, I'll tell you that. I watched half one of half of his games. It was, he was kind of just managing the game at that point. Yeah. And his numbers just really seem like he's just game managing. And so, that's the only thing that I'm his, his yards per attempt isn't very high. He's not stretching the field too much, but at the same time, that's kind of the Panthers system. He just doesn't have the running element cam has. So mm. I don't know. I, the, the Panthers want to run it down your throat and play defense. That's kind of how they've always been, even with cam. So I don't know. I, it's uh, he, he could, they could make it work with him if they wanted, I think. Yeah. It's, well, it's interesting. Cause I think Christian McCaffrey, he, he kind of covers up really anything. Because the guys just oh, can do any, he can do everything on the field. 
It's, yeah. I had a chance to watch a lot of their game two weeks ago, and I, I was I was just so impressed with McCaffrey. The guy is oh. really really talented. I mean, I obviously knew yeah. that I've seen him play multiple times, but right, you, no, you don't mean, you don't need somebody electric at the quarterback position when you can just find a way to get the ball to McCaffrey forty times a game. Yep, and I mean the thing about that too is like I'm being I'm a big Oregon Duck fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen him for a long time being at Stanford, and yeah. that's the thing about I feel like Stanford prepared him for. They made him a bell cow back, giving him the ball tons, tons, and tons, and like so he gets in the NFL, he was just ready for it. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not getting dinged up too much. He's, he, I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. He's to me right now. Like if I had to rank, he's he's got to be number one at the, right now in the running back position, which I think I don't know if I would have thought that three or four years ago. Yeah, coming no out. doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's between him and Nick Chubb. That's a tough one. Like I, yeah, I'd probably go McCaffrey for sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I, I guess so. Obviously, not shift off McCaffrey again. Back to Kyle Allen. I mean, I kind of look at him and Gardner Minshew the same, right? Kind of surprises. Uh, what what's your take on Gardner Minshew and his his longevity kind of going forward? Do you feel like there's something there? I I feel like he's his story is definitely the most interesting because he's always just been doubted. How he got with Mike Leach in Washington State is just like a fun story to follow, and how he immediately got there and was just the character of the team, the leader of the team, and took over. And he's essentially done the same thing to the Jaguars. As soon as Foles got down, he's just it almost seems like he's been starting for two years. I think that's a really weird thing to think about, but I, I think he's still limited too. I think I think he is going to be definitely like you know to strike midnight on him, and he's going to probably go back to a backup role. But I just think that uh, the Foles has too much money. I don't know how they'd be able to weather that right now without giving Foles an actual shot to get his job back. That's one thing I'm struggling with in terms of being all in on Minshew because I think. Minshew's passing ability, though, is I think better than Kyle Allen's in terms of what he can offer mm-hmm. in terms of stretching the stretching the field and his reads. Just because the system he comes from in Washington State, he's throwing the ball a lot. So, um, yeah, I don't know. To me, I just don't think it's gonna last, but I think he's gonna be a quality backup for a long time. Here's what I think will last: is the ability to get people into the stands. And when you see like Minshew madness and Minshew packets yeah. where you can get mustaches yeah. and like that to me, you, as a, I would assume, like as a, as a manager, as an owner, you would just be praying for something like this, like a guy, like a Baker Mayfield or a Gardner Minshew. Right. Who, so are you saying Foles is not exciting? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. I think I may have just said <laughs> That's that. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I, then I'm, I'm on board with that then. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my son's actually reading Nick Foles' biography right now. Oh, and so um, he's a Christian dude, and so my son's interested in his testimony, so he's reading through it. Oh, it's pretty. That's cool. probably a good one to read. He's got he's got a lot of ups and downs in his career for sure. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. I, I actually made a joke to him the other day. It's like, well, you pick you pick one of the more exciting quarterbacks to read the <laughs> read the biography. Yeah, of. for sure. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That means your son's he's he's level headed. That's good. Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Um, so yeah, I I am definitely I agree with you. The one on your list that sticks out to me the most is obviously Gardner Minshew. Um, I haven't looked the last couple weeks on his values. Have you had a chance to look at if he's really seen a big bump? Um, I haven't seen the big bump. I just know like his top end still pretty top. He had let's see, I have right here. Let's see here. So his his one of one uh, for 
the oh, team, contenders draft. Team, yeah, contenders draft. Yeah, sorry, fifteen hundred dollars. That's that's a really that's a pretty high number for a one on one of a guy that was a six round draft pick. That's very I true. Mean, yeah, that's still holding pretty good value, and that sold October seventh. So that's. I don't know. I mean, that's still solid. I don't think he's, you know, he's not up there with Josh Jacobs and those guys yep. on their one-on-ones, but still for what he's done so far, it's a good jump. He's got the best numbers, nine TDs, two picks. I mean, already yep. over almost 1,500 yards already. I mean, it's a really good start. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I have 1,500 bucks for Panini's Contenders Draft product. I'll take that any day. <laughs> right. I know how you feel about the college cards. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you do. Um <laughs> So I, I am curious though, what, why in the world, what what do you like about Dwayne Haskins? You have him at five still. I think it's just his value is one reason why he's up there now because like in terms of this, I'm, we're still giving options and he's still, you know, first round draft pick. I'm just hoping with him that like Washington is like I put in my article, I hope he's in a position that Washington drafts somebody else and they deal him for peanuts, kind of like Josh Rosen and just mm. see where he goes to. Because I still think he was always when he was drafted – He's got the size. He's got the arm. He's yeah. super raw. He's super mm. raw. Needs time. And so I'm just thinking he can still land somewhere. And that's kind of my angle. He's probably too high, but I think it's just because his cards are still selling. So, yeah, it, it really uh, is interesting how his cards keep selling. I mean, because he's not in a great market, and he no. he's, he actually had a chance to perform and he didn't perform. Right. So yeah, this is all hype. Yeah. Behind. Yeah, I mean, do you think it's do you think that's Ohio State or do you think just because he's a first round draft pick? Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder I wonder how much the Ohio State backing does drive his value a little bit. I, I think it's probably this, the high draft pick. It's got it's got to be. Yeah. Right? You you don't love first round draft picks. Well, then again, right. you, you did last year. <laughs> He's our right. Rosen's forgotten already. True, but you know Lamar Jackson was pick thirty two. Yeah. So I mean, those guys, anyone in the first round, kind of gives you a pulse. Yeah. Because they have that five years. That big thing with the first round, you got that five years of control. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, unfortunately, he's going to be in, in Washington for a while, unless, uh, like you said, yeah. they they draft Tua or someone like that, where they have no choice but to to deal him somewhere. But uh, uh, Danny Dimes, number two, you happen to watch yep. the last couple games? You, I knew uh... it was going to be rough. Yeah, I knew he was coming <laughs> into quite the curtain of difficulty. I mean, it's nice he shredded the Bucks, but he's been downhill since. Um, he's doing the thing, you know, he's kind of like Matt Ryan a little bit in college. I've tried to get, I thought there, him and Matt Ryan's numbers would be closer in college because Ryan threw a lot of picks in college too. Mm -hmm. And that worried people. Mm -hmm. But, um, when it comes to Jones, he's just, yeah, I mean, but he's still doing better than I thought he would do even on those bad games against those top defenses. Cause I mean, everybody struggled against the teams he was playing. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not like it's just him. Um, and the, the no Barkley, uh, you know, no receivers, Golden Tate just came back. So yeah. he's just, Evan Ingram's been hurt. So he's definitely been up against it. So I'm, I'm still not uh, selling on him. I still put by, I still think he has room for growth. I mean, he's shown enough so far that I think that, uh, in that market, he could still do really well with the value of his cards. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, th I think the key there is the market, right? He's just in the right market. He's going to have plenty of opportunity. Right. Not a, yeah. he's pretty protected. I feel like there's not a ton of downside for the, even if he just totally craps the bed the next few weeks, he's gonna be all right. Right. Yeah. Is, is Saquon back this week or is it? He he is back this week. It's, okay. Uh, everything I'm seeing, he was pretty much a. They just scratch him. They want to rush the last Thursday night, and they knew ten days to be enough. So it sounds oh, like he's yeah. good to go. Awesome. Yeah. That that should be good to see how that takes some pressure off Daniel Jones. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And Ingram's getting close too. 
Oh, yeah, that'll be big. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't think about Golden Tate not being there for the first four weeks, right? And so he came back three weeks right. into it. Yeah. Which I don't want to get into that, but that was a ridiculous suspension. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was. That was the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And the, the peel didn't even really get any time of day either. I, just, I thought that was weird. That's what baffled me. When you when you read yeah. the appeal, you're like, oh, this should be no problem, right? They're going to at least reduce yeah. the suspension. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even he, do that. He should be able to- he should actually be able to try to have kids. That's fine. <laughs> right. No, no, you can't. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. But. Uh, all right. But Kyler Murray, yeah. I wanted to lead up to this. Cause I, I have made a point to watch Kyler Murray three times this year already. All right. His what game is an entirety. I absolutely love his game. And here's what I love about Kyler Murray. I, I think He's obviously athletic. He's more athletic than even I thought he would be on the NFL field, right? He just he stands right. out. But his knack for the game is so impressive to me. He just right. You can tell he just gets it. Like he just he has a feel for the game that you don't see very often in rookies. So I I love it. I think he's extremely exciting and he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. Right. So I think for me, I actually I turned the corner on him actually in Oklahoma in that game against Alabama ah. when he they they lost, but he was just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming, taking hits, running like it, he was just like I'm gonna do everything I can to win this dang game. <laughs> like yeah. I just couldn't believe like how hard he played in that game and how well he did against one of the best defenses in the country at that time, and so that's when I was just like this guy's. He's going to be the number one pick. And then he just slowly worked up to it and it became real. People were worried about his size. And then watch him in the pros. You know, the only thing you worry about is just his size and he's going to hold up. But I mean, there's no reason like he's comparable to Russell Wilson. Like he, yeah. that is a comparable size and he's making a lot of the same plays and things that Russell Wilson does. So that's a pretty good ceiling for him would be like a Russell Wilson type player, which is phenomenal. Hmm. Um, my only concern is we have to see how this whole air raid pans out in the NFL. Cause you know, it's a gimmick. Is it going to actually hold? Is it going to work? Um, it would be really tough on his career if in two years they figured out Kingsbury and that he had a new coach and start over and how would yeah. that adjustment go? But we'll see on that. That's a really long-term view, but yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely a macro view of the NFL. And I, I, I agree with you. Like I, I do wonder if we're going to kind of swing back the opposite end of the spectrum or we're going to have yeah. pound it, you know, ground it and pound it teams, whatever they say. Yeah. It's just hard though, to think that's going to go to that because with what they're doing with pass interference and yeah. how like everything's geared towards points. That's how, that's how the league wants things to go. Cause they want, you know, fancy football drives their revenue. They want to drive revenue with points, just like baseball and home runs. It's no different. So. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so, so tell me about just your impressions then of the league in general. Are you, has this year been exciting to you? Have you enjoyed football? I mean, I always enjoy football as a tough one, but I, I feel, I don't know. I just feel like it's a, it's been a really weird kind of year. Um, you just think, you know, you see the Cowboys and they're super strong and then, oh wait, they're not. Yeah. And the Saints breeze goes down. Oh, they're going to struggle. No, they've won every game since like they, you don't, <laughs> I mean, Patriots are dominating like usual. I think, Everything's kind of just, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to know what's going to happen besides the Patriots winning. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that, but that was, that's what makes it fun. So um, hmm. I think that's, everybody's just waiting for that team to knock off the Patriots finally as Brady leaves and nobody seems to want to do it. So <laughs> what, um, what, what couple teams are you excited about in the AFC outside of obviously New England? And let's not even talk about Kansas City because Mahomes is out for the time being. 
Houston? I mean, you get I mean who do you Yeah, think? has to be has to be the Texans, I think. The Texans um I just think that uh, Watson and what they can do, but it just seems like every year they get some injury or something that cripples that team. I don't, the Texans have such bad luck with injuries. I don't feel like something's going to happen. They're going to, you know, lose, lose that type of opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I think them, I think the Colts are super sneaky. I think their coaching's phenomenal. I think their front office is phenomenal. Even weathering the luck situation for mm-hmm. has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the bills are sneaky. I really, I've always liked McDermott. I think McDermott's a really good coach. He's just trying to get Josh Allen and that offense to be consistent with the defense. They, they're pretty tough. Um, I, I don't, the AFC North, I have no idea. The Ravens are kind of all alone, but the Browns, everybody thought it was going to be super good. The Steelers, I can't believe how bad they've been with the injuries and everything. So uh, it's going to be definitely a different shakeup. For like, I, don't, I mean, we hope that Mahomes is fine, Casey, Pats, AFC Championship maybe, but we're not going to have the Steelers knock on the door this year. We're not going to have the kind of usuals up there. So it'll be definitely interesting to see if those next four teams that get those playoff spots will be. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I guess just to add some of my thoughts, I think – What's interesting to me this year is I don't feel like it went. It's it hasn't gone according to anyone's plan. Like almost all these predictions that we saw going out outside of the Patriots, right? Right. Um, I mean, everything that we kind of thought was going to happen this year has not happened. Oh, and that's what makes it hard to, like you said, when you asked me, like, what are my thoughts? It's like I haven't really wrapped around all of it yet. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to really think about it. I mean, you got like Sam Darnold going out mono for three weeks and then right. <laughs> comes back and then he looks like we were hoping he'd look against the Cowboys. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's tough to, to wrap your head around all of it. Yeah. What do you think on your, uh, in KC's division, do you think there's any threats? Um, well, I mean, I, I don't know if Oakland's for real. I just, right. I just never think they're for real, but I mean, they have a shot because they're finally starting to score points. And Josh Jacobs to me is extremely exciting. Um, yeah. but I mean, Denver's obviously not a threat. Look at tonight. They're lifeless. Um, and then San Diego, yeah. I mean, my goodness, seriously, Philip Rivers needs to give it up. Um, I'm I can't, I, I'm really surprised about San Diego. I think that's probably my most surprising take of the year is San Diego right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I think so. Outside of Cleveland for me, I think it's probably San Diego as well. I guess we got to say Los Angeles, don't we? Oh yeah, it's true. I always forget that. Yeah, no, but Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's. I think you're starting to see a little bit of the like that reflect in the hobby. Like I think the hobby's kind of trying to figure out what to do. Like outside of the given Kyler Murray and maybe Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. the rookie class has been really hard to collect. Yeah. Um, it's some of the vets are going down, so you don't know really how to handle that. It's just been an interesting year in the football card hobby. Yeah, I feel like there's been a little bit of a loss, and now with Mahomes going down, you never know how that's going to affect the hobby, but. Right, a little bit of momentum lost on the the NFL side, and I'm sure it's all fine with Panini because they got Zion Williamson with with the NBA cards, so they don't really care. No kidding, yeah, they're going to dominate that for a while. So yeah, they could care less about this rookie class, to be honest. I bet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, t- tell me about some of the products you like so far in NFL. In- anything stand yeah, out? Like, not a lot to choose from. Uh, four or five out there. Yeah, not a lot to choose from, but I think just kind of looking things over, I I've still liked the. Um, I, I like the Pink contenders, the, the collegiate one. I like the college game. I've been an NFL draft fan my whole life, so all those college ones I actually like in terms of just collecting. Mm-hmm. In terms of value, I get it. Um, I think that the uh, kind of like looking at your list in terms of your well, your top 10 you sent me, which I think is pretty dang good, like XR is surprising. I thought that one was mm-hmm. – it was a lot better than I thought it would be. 
I thought, like I told you uh, the other day as well, sorry, I know we have conversations offline, but <laughs> Origins, Origins, just like when you first look at it, you're like, okay, are they trying to oversell something? I'm feeling mm-hmm. overwhelmed with how nice, the, how nice these look. Yeah. And then it got to the point where, okay, these are actually pretty good cards. And yeah. so I feel like those two kind of stood out to me so far in the early kickoff, but everybody's still waiting for uh, the next, you know, the next brand to come out. But I didn't really like Phoenix too much. It came out last two nights. They just kind of seemed okay. Yeah. Um, they, I don't think they're going to last be something that I want to invest in. Um, but yeah, pretty much I think XR and Optic are the ones that, are, or sorry, Origins, the ones that yeah. uh, stand out. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Uh, I mean, Unparalleled's nice, but. I, I've opened a few boxes and I haven't I haven't really enjoyed it this year. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. There's something about it this year. I just I can't get behind it. Can't get excited about it. But it's all good. Uh are you are you gonna start buying graded and, and, and kind of taking a different approach with the way you invest in football cards? What was we um, kinda of talked about this a little bit. I'm I'm curious if you're gonna take a different approach with the way you you invest in football cards. I think well, yeah, that's a tough question, I guess, for me. I'm still wrapping my head around the grading and how I'm approaching it just because hmm. I think it's that part's new to me because, as you know, I was out of the hobby for a little while and mm-hmm. I came back. And so the grading and the breaking and all that thing is just completely new to me. Um, but, I mean, new and relative of time. Uh, but I think I think the safest thing is the guys I want to invest in, I think getting graded is the safest bet um, for sure. And then, But I do like the angle of getting – lots of raw and trying to get those grade to see if what you can flip on those because i sometimes think they could be undervalued when you're going for guys like you know if i want to go buy a lot of Nikhil harry right now i can get a pretty good lot for Nikhil harry and see mm-hmm. if he comes back healthy in place for the patriots right mm-hmm. so i think fun, things like that kind of interest me in terms of uh that special find right yeah <laughs> but, yeah i didn't think about this but how hard is it for you to get cards up there i mean do you do you yeah. s- hobby shops <laughs> yeah so there there is some hobby shops but obviously you know their main focus is hockey so hockey is yeah. all over the place um but like you know baseball's hard like bowman's hard to get up here uh football they do pretty good still because they're still a pretty good football crowd but in terms of getting stuff up here definitely is limited so uh when it comes to cards and stuff like that like it makes more sense for me to be by ebay graded and that kind of stuff just because i don't have to worry about the hassle of how i'm getting my products as much but right right got it okay are you a hockey collector? We've never discussed um, I'm probably, this. I, I probably wouldn't be originally, but my son's—that's what he loves, and so I probably will be. Event like it's gonna come. <laughs> yeah. So he he just, he just likes it so much, and that's what he plays for his sport right now. So nice, definitely. How, how old is your son again? So he's four. Yeah, he just had his fifth hockey practice last weekend, so he's he's loving it. <laughs> four years old playing hockey. Yeah, it's surprised me. I've never. He's already skated more than I have in thirty-four years. So that's insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It, so, so you've seen a lot a of sports. Deal. I mean, the way I kind of rank it in terms of like most entertaining at a young age, especially at a four-year-old, I think of like soccer being the most entertaining because you don't have to do a lot of like ball and glove and throw to first. Mm-hmm. Then maybe basketball. Then maybe baseball. Where does hockey kind of rank in there at a, as a, at a four-year-old level? Is it actually entertaining? Um, it, no, it, it, it is. I think it, right now it's kind of right now that he's just kind of doing lessons. So he's not like playing games or anything. Oh, so gotcha, just gotcha. Watch, okay. Yeah, so just kind of watch him because we started off with skating lessons, getting used to skating. And then once he gets out there, like he's just 
he plays hockey at the house all the time. We have so many dings on our drywall for him that like, it's just nice to see him in his element and go out there and he's got pretty dang good stick control already for a four year old where he's pushing the stick, you know, back and forth, like you see on the, you know, the pros do and whatnot. So it's just fun to see him try to mimic things that he sees. Cause he's just four, right. He doesn't know anything, but I'm trying to score a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think just watching that part of it, it is pretty entertaining. He did soccer last summer and that was fine. I think that was less exciting just because half the kids run the wrong direction and there's not really anything going, you know, it's just tough to wrap your head around what they're thinking. <laughs> so the he's, you're on skates. You have to be focused a little bit more. I feel like. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. I yeah. would assume it would be harder, but I guess once you learn to skate for kids, it's, I mean, they fall like what a foot. This, this is not like us falling over when we're, we're skating. It's a little different. Exactly, for sure. It's just like, little and they have all the padding. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. It's like teaching a kid to ski. Like You think it's really mm-hmm. hard for them, but then I mean, they don't really fall anywhere when they fall. Right. Yeah. Awesome. How many kids do you have then? Just two. I got a daughter, two, and a uh, son, just four. Okay, nice. So, yeah. Your two-year-old, yeah. is she is she a violinist yet? What is she doing? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, she's chasing her brother around pretty much. She likes to do the hockey stuff with him too. And she, I think she'll probably jump into that a little bit. And then, I mean, it's kind of fitting because like my private school's main sport is hockey. We've got about eight hockey teams. So almost all of our kids are on hockey teams. That's kind of what our focus is. Awesome. And so it's pretty fun for us to go to the rink at, the, at my school all the time. And they both like to watch and hit the glass and do all that stuff. So. Oh, that's awesome. Man, it's yep. such a different world. No, no, it is. It's completely different. It's and it's. Um, I, when I lived in Kentucky, basketball was king, and I compare hockey to basketball in the South. I feel like because basketball down there, I mean, where you're at, you know that. Yeah. Like bas- basketball is just massive, and uh, I feel like that's what it's like up here with the parents and the buy-in, and everybody's just super like, oh, my kid's got to be this good, or my kid's gonna be drafted because hockey's crazy. They get drafted at 15, so it's it's really interesting <laughs> in ninth grade. Wow. So it's wow. quite the track. Yeah. Yeah. I would have never compared hockey to college basketball, but that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. That is very well, interesting. In terms of, yeah. In terms of the buying up here, that's, that's, that's probably the best I can do. Is there, is there an American city that is that intense about hockey? Oh, I think all the ones with the major, like Boston's pretty into it. I think, uh, like all even at a high school really level, is it that intense at a high school level? I know. Okay. In terms of, I know the top, private schools there's one in boston i'm pretty sure and one in minnesota okay. are like the top teams that like try like traveling american teams i think um and then like i think those that like in terms of fans and people following it and like it's about where ice is that's where like kids have like when i was growing up in oregon like there was only one rink and it was 45 minutes away so nobody really plays hockey but people that live in that town did and then oh okay and so that's really about just the ice where you can actually have places that have rinks is what determines who's involved i think but Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't exist around here. Like you can't no. even play hockey. Yep. No, I know. And like you're, so like, wait, I'm in Kansas, in Kansas city. Yeah. Kansas city. Yeah. Okay. So then like set the blues. So like, that's probably your closest team, right? Yeah. That's the same state. Like I'm actually in Missouri. So, so I guess I could yeah. act like I'm a blues fan and uh, yeah. I could put on some well, gear. Won- and- yeah. Well, bandwagon championship team. <laughs> no thanks <laughs> yeah. no i get it it's tough to it's tough to get in it's hard and the hardest part about those is you don't know the the players and like we know That's the players football and basketball and so like you're invested like i know 
where Kyler Murray went to college and all these guys went to college. It's just, it's just so different. Like, who's this guy? Nakata? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Where's he from? Oh, he's from Russia. He's not even. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's definitely different. It's a good point. That yeah. is a good point. Um, nice. All right. So let's talk real quick then about what to look forward to the next couple of weeks in the NFL. What, um, what, what kind of sticks out to you? Are you, are you going to kind of be keying in on some of the quarterbacks, rookies, or what, what's got you really excited the next couple of weeks? I think the Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones matchups, the first thing that comes to mind that I'll that's, definitely be watching. This is week, right? Uh, that's a couple days yeah, from now. Yeah. Just, yeah. And that's huge because Daniel Jones, like Arizona's defense is awful. So if Daniel Jones can't put up numbers against Arizona, it's going to be, now we can probably be a little more worried, um, especially with Barkley mm. back. Um, I think definitely, yeah, seeing how Minshew responds, he had a tough week last week. and mm-hmm. uh, So see how he responds. And if Daniel, you know, Kyle Allen keeps winning too, I definitely want to watch that. I want to see. I think the one thing I want to see is this: is Josh Jacobs about to take off? Because I thought he was going to get hammered by the Bears in London, and he had his best game of the year. Hmm. So does does Josh Jacobs just take off and he challenge for offensive rookie of the year, and you know bring the Raiders to relevance? Like if that's the case, I, so I want to see that. It's kind of the top two things, or top top couple things I want to see. Yeah, the quarterbacks and Josh Jacobs, I think, are definitely things I'm following closely. Love it. Is Ryan Finley yep. going to get a start? You think it's going to happen this He's, year? Has to, has to. They're, I mean, Bengals are, oh, they're over Dalton. They've been over Dalton for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, first year coach, he's got to see if there's anything there because they're gonna have to figure out if they're gonna pick one or not. So definitely, he'll he'll get one. Um, he definitely it was weird. His his uh, preseason was a very rocky start, and then he had a couple good finishes games there, but it's just all about him. Like the first couple games, like oh man, he's terrible. Practices sound bad. He's not doing good in training camp, <laughs> and then oh man, he's awesome. Two games. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's it'll be a succeeding actually any good i think people are kind of overvaluing him a little bit but he is something to watch for sure um uh, yeah absolutely uh i after watching denver tonight i don't see how drew Locke does not get some playing time right and he's like week eight is that his i think he's on the yeah he's yep. on the short-term ir right correct correct yeah 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 well has to because i mean he's the only thing that can save elway's job because elway's got to be close to the hook right now yeah you would think so he can't get a quarter back in there like he's tried so many packs and lunch like all these guys it's been huge misses uh yeah he needs to do something to save his job so hopefully drew lock can do that well as a mizzou guy i absolutely can't wait to get behind him and root him on i i uh i've got a few of his cards already sitting here ready to go yeah I won't sell him. He was but. just—he <laughs> was just really inconsistent, wasn't he? That was yeah, like, he, that was his thing. He's got a rocket arm. He's got—he's a gamer, but mm-hmm. he's just pretty inconsistent. Right. So, and well, it's probably the wrong system to be in for that type of quarterback, right? right? <laughs> well, true. They're run first, very like they want accuracy and move the chains. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of room for error. I feel like Baker Mayfield would have been the perfect guy for Denver. You know, someone to yeah. kind of lift the spirits and put him on his back. Yeah, because that town, once that town gets going, they're, they, they're really going. Yeah. When it comes to sports, it feels like that uh, Denver seems like a fun city when they're winning. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I'm, I'm looking at the news here. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes does suffer a patella dislocation. I'm assuming that's a knee. Right, a kneecap, yeah. It, your wife called it. Looks like they're going <laughs> to yeah. undergo an MRI to determine if there's any ligament damage. That's the next step. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, well, get your prayers. Get your, get you know, make sure you do do your good deeds. 
Um, awesome. All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to finally have you on the show. I'm excited to have you back in a couple of weeks yeah. and see how things look Perfect. after week eight. But uh, awesome. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Talk to you. See you, Tyson. See you, buddy. Yeah.